machine. We hit them hard, so they see green. We're big and strong, we're fast and lean. That's why we're called the Green Machine. We're the bad G'day guys, welcome to the Canberra Raiders NRL Fantasy Preview for 2023. Now the Raiders didn't do too badly in 2022, finishing in 8th position, making a late rally to the finals, and they actually beat the Storm in week 1 before falling to the Eels in week 2. Now help me to break down the Raiders, I've got Kyle in the house, and he's, it's his first pod for the year. How are you Kyle? I'm doing good man, doing good. Um, really been looking forward to getting back into it and uh, chomping at the bit to to get into some stats and um, start building the fantasy team around all the different uh, information, including the textbook that come out uh, today, actually, and that's a good read, and thanks for everyone that's already started purchasing. Yeah, hell yeah, but it's good to, good to hear your voice, man. But, mate, that team song, I still think that I, – I, I think it's the best in the NRL. Yeah, I was actually just thinking that when it was playing and it got me uh, got me ready to roll, to be honest, uh, um, got me ready to go. And, and um, yeah, definitely uh, up there with one of the best. Definitely. Now, Canberra Raiders, a few changes here, Kyle. So, gains 2023, uh, Pacey Solo from the Knights and Danny Levi from Huddersfield. Now, the losses, Josh Hodgson goes to Parramatta, Adam Elliott to the Knights, Chan Nickel Clockstead to the Warriors and Ryan Sutton to the Doggies. You know, a little bit of turnover, you know, high quality actually players that they've lost there. Probably the, the biggest one they have to fill is probably Adam Elliott there, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, his um his energy through the middle there last year for the Raiders um was was pretty good, wasn't it? You know, um he brought a, a massive amount of energy and, and just sort of seemed to get the guys up up for the challenge every every game he started, you know, and, and you see them lift when he's he's on his game, he's running hard and he's he's firing up, everyone else is sort of following his lead, aren't they? Yeah, he reminds me so much. I called him Gallon two point in the nights, you know, I seriously meant it, man. Like he's just a pain in his back in everyone's backside, but in terms of being a teammate, he's the sort of guy that I'd want on my my field. You know, he does 180 meters, 30 tackles, tackle breaks, offloads, and he just leads from the front. I love him, man. Yeah, just effort on effort. Eh? He's always trying hard and always giving 100. percent And 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 you know, I guess looking at the way he plays, I bet you that's how he trains too. So he brings that energy from the training paddock out to the out to the game day. You know. Yeah, lost for Canberra, but opens up in a good opportunity. We'll talk to a few. We'll talk about a few prospects during the show. But Cole. Pretty good draw for the Raiders here. So if you kind of wanted to line up, they've got quite a few Kiwis in their team as well. So we are going to be chatting plenty of fantasy relevance in this one. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, looking at the draw, you know, I think um, Ricky Stewart's been sitting with the NRL to pencil this draw in because they've got probably, arguably, probably the best draw of uh, of the of the seventeen teams in twenty twenty three. And mm. I think, I think, looking at that, it might actually give Ricky Stewart the option to just try a few different combos out in their forward pack. We know that there's going to be a few changes with the losses of the guys we just spoke of. Um, you know, uh, the likes of Danny Levi, Trey Mooney. You know, uh, how's is Danny Levi even going to fit in? Where is Trey Mooney going to fit in? What sort of minutes is he going to play? Um, you know, I think that um, there's a good opportunity in those slightly easier games that Ricky Stewart can have a little play with his combinations and his forward pack that we know he does do. So we do have to be a little bit careful when uh, looking at Raiders players, to be honest, even if their draw is fairly, fairly easy. Yeah, it's a great point. Tra- trap for young players, eh, Kyle? Especially for people just entering for the first time. We've both been stunk by Ricky Stewart. So it's one of those things. And I think backs are too bad, right? Because most of them can hold their positions, but it's those forwards, Kyle. 
yeah, it is, mate. I, I think that that whole forward pack is is really unpredictable. I think there's probably only one guy in there that that probably is going to be sort of. Uh, reliable or or consistently getting decent minutes, and that's probably Joseph Tarpany after his season last year. Mm. Um, you know, he, he sort of was playing around the fifty odd minutes, and I think he's probably going to maybe get a few more this year. Yeah, let's talk about these plays, mate. How good is this play? Guy that you just mentioned, Joseph Tarpany, comes in at seven hundred and ninety k career year, break even at fifty five. Must be up there with kind of Cameron Murray and probably you know Cotter. Probably is the top three, I feel, in terms of mids. But talk to me kind of about the value from round one. Yeah, look, um, it comes in, yeah, as you said, 790K. Um, I think there's his value, he's, he's priced around his, his, current, his current average. But I think, um, you know, in 2021, we saw his average um, – he played nine less minutes than he did in his average of 2022. But every time he played decent minutes, his PPM was always up around or if not above one. So um, I think this year we might see, as I said before, I think we might see his minutes increase slightly because um, I think Josh Papali is probably going to lose a few minutes. He's one who has been declining the last sort of three odd seasons where his minutes have dropped sort of about three or four minutes a season. And I think this year he's going to probably drop a few more. And I think we could see the likes of Joe Tarpany possibly picking up those minutes in the middle there. So um, I think I think he could be a real good one to start and, and definitely going to be right up there with those elite mids again this year, I feel. Yeah, it's a good observation, especially on Big Papa. And with Elliot gone as well, you know, Joseph Tarpany did, like, assume more of a leadership role towards the end of the year. What I love about him, Paul, is just he's multifaceted. Like, he can offload with the best of them. He can play out the back. He can be tough up the middle. And I just think, like, I tipped him two years ago. So I got caught a year too early, but you could kind of see what was about to unfold. But like you said, he doesn't really need too many minutes because he just racks up the scores. But is he a serious option for you for round one? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've had him in and out all season. Um, I'm just trying to... Again, it's not the it's not the Ricky factor I'm concerned about. It's just can he keep up with what he... He, he put out last year. I think he can. I just don't know if I want to start with him straight away, but he's definitely been in and out. I don't think the draw where, the, you know, those first sort of four games, they've got North Queensland away, then they've got the Dolphins, then they've got Cronulla, then they've got Newcastle, then Penrith. I don't think it really matters that he has tough opposition. Um, you know, he performs against any any forward pack, and we saw that last year, especially with the average again, you know. So, um if you want to start with him, start with him. And I think he's someone you could probably hold all season um, because there's no no worries of him playing origin. There's no mid-season test this year. So he's going to be fresh every week pretty much, apart from obviously the weeks that they had their buy. So he's probably someone you could start with if you really wanted. And, and you could probably hold him all season. I would have no problem with, with anyone wanting to do that. Nice. Now, one of his teammates, another Curry year, Hudson Young, 771k. He's toppy again, break even of 53. But... I think he's kind of in the same mould as Tarpany, both coming off career years. And I think the biggest question mark is, can they repeat that form? Yeah, Hudson Young's a bit different. I think on the edge, um, there's a bit more vulnerable to missing tackles, whereas in the middle, you know, you've got all your big boys in the middle. They're helping each other out with the tackles. And um, he did have a, as I said, he had a stellar year, 2022. You know, saw him selected for that New South Wales squad. Mm. Uh, and I do actually think he was probably a bit unlucky to miss out on the Australian squad, to be honest. They'll probably just play as a bit better than him. But I still think he was probably a bit unlucky and surprised they didn't pick him just for the experience going forward because they know he's 
he's going to be there in the future, isn't he? Yeah. Do you think he's kind of outpriced himself when you consider David Fafita is cheaper? And then you've also got, at the moment, guys like Eli Katoa, you've got Luke Garner. It just seems that there's a few, you know, Teague Wilton. And you probably think that maybe some of these guys might get pretty close to what Hudson did last year. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I just think he's a little bit, as you said, he's priced himself out of it, I think. Uh, I haven't seen any teams with him, um, but I think there is better value in those other players you just spoke of. And, um, uh, you know, Jermaine Hopkins, another one that comes to mind, and I think that those guys are going to make some real good money. Uh, I don't know how much higher Hudson Young will go in his, in his, in his price, to be fair. Um, and, and again, can he match Can he match what he did last year on the edge? I think uh, by memory, yeah, 0. 0.6 um, average try scoring rate last year so mm. can he keep that up maybe he can uh we don't know um but at least yeah. he plays on that good left side right but just to also yep. correct myself he's exact same price as david Fafita. yes he is yes um yeah sorry looking outside that yeah on the left jack wyden strong ball runner mm. uh doesn't pass the ball a lot so you know um Will he? Will they go? Will they go more right again this year with Fogarty uh, starting the season? I've been a good preseason. Yeah, uh, we just don't know. And yeah, I don't think you can start with Hudson Young, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. Now another guy, and, and it could be an opportunity for this fella because of the you know because Adam Elliott's little gone now. Corey Hosbrough now five hundred and ninety k break even of forty one had a terrible like kind of luck with injuries. Played pretty handy footy last year, coming mostly off the bench. Now. About three years ago, he did start plenty of games in the 13 before his kind of crybaby game against the, the Eels there with his injury. But, mate, he's got a little bit of promise there. I've seen plenty of teams loading up on him. Yeah, I, I strongly had a, I had a really close look at him. He's definitely got value if he, can, if he can pump out those big minutes. You know, I can see him playing 50 to 55. I think he is going to start in that 13 role. Mm. Uh, and I think he's going to share a bit of the minutes with either... Uh, Corey Huddleweta Naira and Trey Mooney, um, possibly you know getting thirty minutes in the mid there. One of those two, um, a career average of thirty eight point two, um, starting lock um, average forty five and forty eight minutes, um, hundred and five run meters, thirty six tackles, only two missed tackles. That's a six game sample, and then um, starting prop fifty four uh, points in forty nine minutes, run meters one forty three and thirty three tackles. That's in a three game sample, but all up. Starting average when he starts in mid is 48 points in 48 minutes. Yeah. Priced at 44. There's a bit of value there. Um, uh, he's just got a big engine and decent P, uh, PPM. So, sort of, if he gets good minutes, you know he's going to be giving you a pretty consistent 40 to 45. Yeah. My only worry is it took Joseph Tarpany to last year to secure his minutes. And his coach, it just seems, if I wanted to, like, I think you could probably get something in 590k or somewhere in that 600 where you can probably think about their minutes maybe a little bit more accurately from week to week like you're not running the gauntlet that Ricky's going to just pull something out of the you know out of the just a swifty on the weekend for you yeah exactly we talked about it before I, it's just it's just too hard to trust him you know as i said last year you looked at Adam Elliott and the things that happened there you expected him to start and he started on the bench do you want to go through that again? I don't think you do. Yeah, so that's what we're saying. This guy's so he's relevant. He's got a fantasy game, but his coach just makes it impossible for you to spend. I think that money, especially until we see a good big sample that he's got this role and secured it right. Exactly, and exactly the reason I spoke about Tarpany probably being a bit more secure than most of those other forwards. Yeah. All right. No, 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 no. Now, Kyle, Dick, uh, Nicky Kotrick, 413k, break even to 23. Probably hasn't kicked 
kicked back in. Like, he went to the doggies, lost a you know, hell of a lot of form going to that one season there. Came back, not terrible, but not kind of playing at anywhere near his potential, even to even go anywhere near him fantasy-wise. Yeah, exactly. You saw, you know, 2020 uh, Raiders had a great season. Um, went off to the dogs, got injured, played what I can't remember would have been maybe six, half a dozen games, I think. Yeah. Uh, decided to come back to the Raiders last year, averaged 29.4 of a try, half a line break, 3.8 tackle busts, um, and 100 run meters a game. Uh, just for a, for a winger, I think that 0.4. Average tries is just not enough and not enough for him to be relevant. And I just think he's starting to really uh, go a bit backwards. And, and I think he's a bit of a trap for young players, uh, even if you look back at his stats from yeah. earlier in his career. And we did talk at the top of the show, Cole, about Ricky trusting Ricky Stewart. And we did kind of take the backs out. But when it comes to wingers, he even likes switching his wingers from, from both sides. So sometimes you don't know which, way, which side they're going to line up. Like, they're the worst team to bet on, that's for sure, for starters. And then secondly, fantasy, man. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Like, you know, yeah, they've got the they've got the mean draw, they've got a soft draw, but they've got a coach that is so un, un inconsistent and just don't know what's coming week to week that you just have to bite the bullet and not go there until you are a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Now guys, we're gonna have the Cashies bounce back and a little bit of Trap City there. Before we do, if you haven't yet, we'd love a review on Spotify or Apple. Please join the banner on social media. Facebook Talking League Pod, Twitter Talking League One, Instagram Talking League Pod. Now the Talking League Textbook, it's out now and features a comprehensive guide for two thousand and twenty three, hundred and eighty pages, seventeen team profiles, all the predicted lineups, season schedule analysis and representative player analysis. We've got a whopping three hundred and ninety one player profiles. It's got projections, classic and draft recommendations, Q and A with the champs, two thousand twenty two world and 2021 Shane. Power rankings for all the top 20 players per position. Our bold predictions for 2023 and a great classic and draft strategy and tips. Now, 20% of profits from the textbook will be donated to Bowel Cancer Australia. That's to honour the legacy and contribution to of Steve Nichols, who was one of the, the greats of the fantasy community. He unfortunately passed away from bowel cancer a short time ago. Our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in two free packet player cards valued at $9.99 each. So for more, just head over to TalkingLeaguePod.com or just hit your episode notes. But it is out now. It retails at nineteen ninety five, but there is a free 20-page sample. So you can have a quick little look before you buy. And our partners at Game Day Squad, you can find them at www.gamedaysquad.com.au. All right, Kyle, a bit of talk about here. And we're talking cashies and a few in our sleeves here. You mentioned the name Trey Mooney before. 250k break even of 17. Now, he's been at the Raiders for a couple of years now. He's actually a para junior, but he's been making plenty of strides in the lower grades and they're tipping him for a likely role here, man. Yeah, big unit, 188 centimetres, 106 kilos. Um, started out on a, on a uh, as a mid and uh, and they and in, in reserve grade there they moved on over to the edge, um yeah with the losses of of Adam Elliott and Ryan Sutton I think uh, they're saying that Mooney is touted to to take some uh, minutes uh, in that lock position, mm. you know and as I said he's pretty durable so can, he can fit in on an edge there as well, um with the likeliness that uh, Elliott Whitehead probably isn't going to be playing eighty minutes anymore we saw it last season where he started only running for sixty so it's out of uh, Corey Huddleway tonight and himself to probably take that edge. Uh, and there's also that middle there as well. So um, with huge reps, Trey Mooney, um, leadership and ability, um, you know, he's represented New South Wales under 16s in 2018, under 18s in 2019, and, mm. and under 19s in 2022 and was awarded the captaincy there. Also played Aussie Schoolboys 2019. Uh, 
little story in the SG Ball Grand Final in 2021. He played lock. Uh, racked up 164 metres, 17 runs, 75 post-contact metres, four tackle busts and 31 tackles. So um, a, a hulking effort by him in, in that uh, 21 grand final in the SG ball there. Uh, in 2021, um, between lock, prop and interchange, he averaged 35 points in 46 minutes and a base of 32 points, 101 average run metres and 22 tackles. Uh, then 2022, 16 appearances for the, the, um, the Falcons, five tries, 46 tackle busts, 578 post-contact metres, 18 offloads, 95% tackle efficiency, 99 average run metres, and averaged 48 fantasy points. So he's got the he's got the uh, he's got the talent. Um, he's a big lad, and I think you'll see him in the 17 come round one. Nice. What are you thinking, mate? Because that's a great background you've given us there, but. With the minutes there, what are you thinking? 25, 30 minutes? If he's lucky, I think he'll probably be 20 to 25. Um, I think, as I said, there's so many so many good forwards in that in that Raiders side um, with the likes of Gula and Corey Huddleweather Nida. you got Horsbury, you know, you got Whitehead. There's, there's a lot of guys there, uh, mouths to feed, so I, I think you're probably going to see around 20 to 25, maybe, maybe even less. Yeah, so it's going to be a very slow cash burn or you just wait yeah, for an injury to right. happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, as you said, Ricky's not one to to cut players loose and give them eighty minutes straight away. As you know, we've seen it, and we've already talked about how you just—it's just so unpredictable with the minutes. So I do think he's going to be a really good option uh, if there is, as you said, if there's injuries or if he starts getting those decent minutes. But um, I've got him slotted in in my emergencies at the moment, and he's probably going to stay there. Yeah. Now the next guy, a lot more relevant, Xavier Savage. Now he comes in at four hundred and fifty-two k, break even at thirty-one. Currently just under 10% owned, but we saw the skills and what he's done over the last two seasons, looking very bulky in a lot of the shirtless pics that he loves to post on Instagram as well, getting everyone's blood boiling there a little bit. But what's your thoughts on that, on Savage, sorry, Kyle? Because he's an interesting one because he's got such great support play, but probably hasn't developed yet in terms of a ball player. And his try scoring is a little bit low for someone of his talent. Yeah, point four of average of tries, which yeah, for a fullback is probably a bit low. But that, you know, he is gaining experience, as you said. Um, that average starting fullback um, of um, thirty seven point six, priced at thirty three, there's still value, you know. Um, mm. and, and now with a, a full preseason under him, he's got a pretty good rig there. He's worked pretty hard in the gym, obviously, and and even out on the playing field, he's he, he's obviously getting getting pretty involved. Um, I think I think he can increase his average to those low forties. I think he's. I think, as you said, with the preseason behind him, he's worked hard with his halves and, and having Fogarty there as well. There's no disruptions of new halves coming in halfway through the season. So I think, um, I think he can average low 40s, and and if he if he does that, he's going to make around about the 85k or, or sort of the eight points of value. You know, um, definitely lock down that fullback spot. He's got good job security. Um, funny thing, his run meters. He's a busy fullback, as we as we spoke. His lowest run meters in a game starting at fullback is 105. So he's he is a running fullback, and we know what he can do, um, averaging the 170.5 run metres, um, only averaging 2.8 tackle busts. But as you said, he's, he's gotten a bit bigger, so I think you could see this improve. 
Um, but as we've, as we've already alluded to, he's a little bit hot and cold and he's still fairly inexperienced. So it's going to be another uh, another year of learning for Xavier Savage, I think. But yeah. I'm likely going to take a gamble and, and have him for round one as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think Ricky finally done us a favour. Just looking at his winger average, we averaged five and a half on two games. <laughs> so helped to bring that back. And as you did mention, he's got that 36 average at fullback. So does have plenty of value there. And I think if he can, inc- you know, they've got that draw right. That's probably what kind of interests me the best. You know, he brought that up at the top of the show that they've got that fantastic draw, probably the best in the NRL. And I do expect, yep. as you just did mention, the natural progression of a young fullback. Again, you've mentioned something else great, just a stable spine, which I think is huge, especially around the halves, because he only had Fogarty for half a year last year. So I'm for, yep. for me, 452, I think that's pretty good value, and I think you're in there too. Yeah, I think, I think again, I think he's going to be fairly similar to a Ryan Pappenhausen where he sniffs around that ruck. If he gets any loose ball and he goes through the hole, he's gone. And I think we did see shades of that last year. And I think if he can poke around that ruck there and get some, get some loose ball or get some good offloads from his halves, and especially a guy like Joseph Tarpany who does love to offload the ball, if you get one free to, to Savage in a gap, man, he's gone. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, let's move on. Last night took a L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I count stacks. Knew that ass was real when I hit it, bounce back. You ain't getting shakes. All right, Cole. Now, you've got your sights on Jamal Fogarty. 723K. He's got a break-even of 50. Great return about midway through last year. Really pushed him to the finals there, mate. But he's kind of always at that kind of high 40s, 50s. But do you see him kind of hitting more of an elite level this year? Uh, not elite level, mate. I don't think I don't think we'll see him go elite level, but I think we're going to see him hit that 55 average that he was uh, hitting at the Titans. Um, we just saw last year when he came back, you know, before that first 12 games, before he came back, the Raiders really weren't playing great footy. Mm. You see him come back in round 12, then round 13, they really started clicking in and they had a really good run home. And I think that was just on the back of him and his cohesion. Um, just, a, just a really good organizing half, strong running game, good kicking game on that, especially in having that, that left foot uh uh kicking is, is, is really handy for the Raiders. Um, we just saw, yeah, solid cohesion. Um, and I just think the team was far better organised when he when he came back. So um, he, his average also is actually really good with Jack White next to him. So I, I, there's no reason why I can't see him hitting around about uh, 55 points this year. Uh, 13 games last year, he averaged 51 points. So, um, you know, more games under the belt. And I think that average pushes up around about the 55. Yeah. Um, Same goal kicker too, so, though, Kyle. So with that soft yep. draw, could be scoring a couple more goals per, per season. Per, week, sorry, but he's, yeah, he's the sort he, of guy that's probably been left out when you think about Burden. Burden's probably going to play Origin, and then you've also got Jackson Hastings, that I know a lot of people love, but realistically, he only played half a season there last year, and in terms of when you compare him to Jamal Fogarty, Jamal Fogarty has been way more successful in his NRL career. Yeah, totally agree. Funny when you speak about their goal-kicking, uh, 2.2 goals kicked average per game, as I said, I think we see this improve because in 2022 it was 3.7 and at the Titans in 21 was only 3.1. Mm. So uh, we know how good the Raiders attack is, so we're definitely going to see that go up. Um, yeah, decent kick meters around that. 2021 was 316 and last year was only 261. Now, I think we're going to see that improve a bit more uh, and go up a little bit. I think Jack Whiten, yeah, he's got a really good boot on him, but I think he's best best ability is his running game um, and just not use that kicking game as much as he has and just sort of leave that general play kicking up to Jamal Fogarty uh, just um, to, to make him a lot more dangerous. 
um, and, and Fogarty can control that that team and and just get a few more kick meters under his belt. Yeah, agree. Trap city bitch, trap trap city bitch, trap city bitch, trap trap city bitch, trap city bitch, trap trap city bitch. All right, Kyle, trap city. Tom Starling, five hundred and forty-nine k break even of thirty-eight. You know, I don't really want to put him in here. It was like similar to when Shooter put Jazz Tavaga in Trap City for the Warriors, and it has to do with their role because they're, they're super fantasy relevant when they actually can get the role that they need. Yeah, totally, and we've seen him before just be a real gun uh, starting. Um, but I just, again, it's, it's that Ricky Stewart factor. You've got three hookers there now, Wolford, Levi, Starling. It's just... I don't think Ricky's going to change, to be fair, with the way he was using Wolford starting last year. It just really made Tom Starling really irrelevant, you know. And even if there is an injury there to Wolford, I still think you can't go near Starling only for the fact that he'll bring Danny Levi and probably do the same thing. Yeah. There's just not enough minutes just to feed him. And he's just so expensive, 549K, because he did yep. in that mid-year of the year, he was getting a f- he was either starting or getting a lot more minutes. But it just seems that he just wants a hooker in there like Wolford, just to take the brunt out of the game. And then, you know, Starling will come on 25, 30 minutes in and he'll only get 50, which some games, you're probably going to get weak, some weeks where he hits a 50 because he's a great attacking player. But in terms of consistency and trying to spend 549K, it's just not worth it. No, exactly, exactly. And yeah, we, we, we go back again. He actually averaged 52 minutes last year um, and at an average of 38 points. But as, as we, we just said, those minutes were different every week. You know, you're not one minute, one week you played 25 minutes and the next week you played 60. Mm. It just, it's just too dangerous. And I just, as you said, 549K, you might as well go find someone else. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, that was the Canberra Raiders. Thank you, Kyle, for joining me on that. Before I let you leave, uh, one of our friends from Heroes with Ability, Marco, they're throwing a fundraiser. So it's uh, they're having a fundraiser at Combank Stadium. So a bit of a charity launch. They have a charity supporting disabled kids. They do plenty in rugby league. The Cleary, Nathan Cleary and Ivan Cleary are both ambassadors there, as well as Sean Kepi, Ryan Madison and Billy Walters. So it's a grassroots organisation. They're really supporting a great community there. So just head over to heroeswithability.com or if you want tickets, Info at heroeswithability.com. Just hit up Marco. It's on the 17th of February, like I said, at Combank Stadium, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tickets starting at $200 per person, or you can get a table, three-course lunch, three-hour beverage package. Be a great day and a great course. So just check that out. Just remember, Talking League textbook, that is out now. So just head over to talkingleaguepod.com and get your copy today. Kyle, great to have you back, man. You'll also be doing the Storm one. So I'm looking forward to your thoughts on uh, ripping out Melbourne, man. Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, good Raiders, Paul, man. Um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing them play, and, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, how, how Sticky runs his team again and see if he, he causes headaches again this year. Definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your company, and we'll check you on the next team podcast.